everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O show. On today's show, I am joined by Dr. Anna Kabeka and she rapidly became on this interview one of my favorite guests, somebody I've definitely got to have back on the show. Um, the topic of today's show, of course, is hormones. Um, Dr. Kabeka has um, already a book that many of you may have read. It's called The Hormone Fix, Burn Fat Naturally, Boost Energy, Sleep Better, and Stop Hot Flashes, etc. The Keto Green Way. And then she has this new book out called Keto Green 16. Now, to be honest with you guys, a lot of you know I'm not necessarily a fan or an advocate of the keto diet. The reason that that is is... I, I've generally looked at keto people who are like, oh, I'll just, you know, you have to lose weight. I'm going to go keto. It's kind of like Atkins was back in the day. And I, I view it as, well, so many people see it at this. They see the keto diet as a, a fast fix, a shortcut. And I'm not a fan of that because really anybody who's going to try to, you know, do something that is going to avoid doing the work or changing the necessary lifestyle um, habits they need to, if they're, if they're looking to do it, if they're looking to fast track to lose weight without really looking deep as to how they got overweight and fixing those behavioral issues, it's a short road to nowhere. And so I've never really been a fan of the keto diet, although, and I've always also disclose this. I do have several close friends who have been living the keto lifestyle for quite a while. Now, they didn't choose to go keto because they wanted to lose weight fast. They chose to go keto because they had a lot of autoimmune issues. And I have known certainly, you know, if you do um, cut out a lot of the foods that that keto or paleo will have you cut out, um, you can be addressing a lot of autoimmune issues. And certainly, in my own recent experience, as I've taken, you guys have heard me reference this, when I took the um, blood test by Oxford Technologies, um, I think it's called the MRT test. I always refer to it as the LEAP test, but apparently the LEAP is actually the protocol that they use once they understand what your um, reactionary foods are. So you guys have heard me talk about, I've had this blood test, it showed me what foods I'm highly reactive to, 
And by me removing those foods that I'm highly reactive to or moderately reactive to, I've experienced a, a relief, significant relief from a lot of issues that no doctor has been able to address for a long, long time. So I can certainly relate to the idea that not only, and we talk about this, the concept of food is medicine, but also the removal of food being medicine in some cases. So I definitely am now keeping a much more open mind about this topic. And when you hear Dr. Kabeca talk, she really knows her stuff. Um, she has a very unique perspective on addressing hormones. And I know you're going to learn a lot here and you'll, you'll also probably be thinking exactly what I was thinking, which I, which is what I said during the interview, which is, oh my God, we've barely scratched the surface. You have to come on. She's a wealth of knowledge. I certainly believe so many of you will be going out and not only getting her first book, The Hormone Fix, but her second book coming out, I believe in the next few weeks, um, Keto Green 16, um, because she certainly opened my eyes and this was a wonderful interview. So sit back and enjoy. This is about 40, 41 minutes of an interview. So I'm leaving it as one part. If you have any questions uh, or feedback, things that you want us to cover, when we have her back on the show, make sure you fill out the contact me form at kellyalexa.com. And for now, just sit back and enjoy. You're going to love this interview with Dr. Anna Kabeca. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Kelly O Show. I've got Dr. Anna Kabeca with us, and I'm so thrilled to have her. Um, she is an expert on hormones. And as you guys know, we've pulled you quite a lot on this topic. You know, I have had my own hormonal health or I call it hormonal hell history, um, and I'm certainly in a much better place. And I'm a firm believer in educating on this topic because so many women have no idea how completely different in a positive way their lives can be when you address hormonal issues um, that can be really devastating if not addressed. So I'm thrilled to have Dr. Anna Kabeca on the show. Dr. Anna, are you ready to go? I am ready to go. Great to be here with you, Kelly. I'm so I'm so happy and and I'm also glad that you are safe and sound. We're recording this in the middle of coronavirus quarantine. So and you're in the Georgia area, is that accurate? Yes. So um yeah, you and I are both in the south where it has been a little crazy, but all is good and I'm excited for us to get to the other side of this and be outside enjoying our lives again. We'll get there. So let's dive in. You have um to start off with, now you've got a new book that's coming out and I, I'm very interested to hear your take on this because it's called Keto Green 16 and the book, I'm going to let you describe it a little bit more, but it's about the keto diet or the keto diet approach. If I'm, and, and if I'm wrong, you're going to correct me in just a second, but it's also, you're, you're taking that and I was reading some of the description and you're applying that towards women with hormones and menopause. And I love that one of the things we talked about before the show was that I think this was in the book description. It says it takes more than hormones to fix your hormones. Mm -hmm. And the whole topic of keto um, has been, you know, it can be one extreme or the other. You know, you've got some people who are promoting a very extreme keto diet. Some people are huge advocates of it. Some people are like, it's crazy. It's insane. It's not sustainable. And yet I'm reading the description of your book and you have a completely different take on it. So rather than me start asking questions, I'd love, I'd love you to start off the show and just tell us about your new book. And then also maybe before you do that, because this is your first time on the show, tell people a little bit about your area of expertise, because I said you're a hormone expert, but 
for those guests that are just getting to know you that maybe haven't read your books and haven't heard of you, tell them about, you know, this is what I do. This is my area of expertise. And then tell us about this book, Keto Green 16. Thank you, Kelly. I'm happy to. I am uh, board certified in gynecology and obstetrics. I trained at Emory University, but really like what gave me a passion for medicine was growing up in, in um, Northeastern Pennsylvania. And my mom, my dad was Navy retired. So my mom had great Navy doctors, but um, from a young age, from her mid thirties, she struggled with diabetes and then postpartum depression and heart disease. So when she was 52, I was just 16 years old, just turning 16. And she was undergoing heart surgery. And I'll never forget the first day that I went home, my mom wasn't home, you know, and the house was empty for like a week. Just her absence was so significant. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was already, I knew I wanted to be a physician. I had volunteered at the hospital and I recognized very quickly that the research that my mom's medical care was based on was based on scientific research studies by men and on men. And so I became a women's health advocate at that point, and, and I joined the National Health Service Corps. I was blessed to have them pay for my medical education, and that's how I ended up in St. Simon's area of Georgia, the southern coast, and I had a rural clinic in McIntosh County as part of my payback. So as an advocate for women's health, the first bilingual female OBGYN in the area, at let alone first female physician in the area. Wow. I, um, I had to get very creative in taking care of my patients in a cost-effective way. And as my background was, I really needed to understand how to empower our bodies to heal ourselves. And that was always part of my underlying um, approach to patient care and medical care. But then after a personal trauma, when I was just 39 years old, I um, was diagnosed with infertility, and I was told I would never be able to have another child. I failed cycle after cycle of the highest doses of injectable fertility meds with mm-hmm. under the great care of one of my colleagues. And plus, again, I'm an OBGYN. I loved infertility. I, I did a lot of fertility therapies for clients. And mm-hmm. so to be on the other side of the diagnosis was again heartbreaking and I was also in diagnosed with early menopause and that I was told I would never be able to have another child again and at that point my doctor's bag was empty I did everything that I knew and that took me on a journey around the world looking for answers and as a result of that journey not only did I reverse my early menopause and have regular cycles again and and get physically healthier, but I also reverse the infertility, having a beautiful baby girl at age 41, naturally, no hormone meds, no fertility treatments, and that she um, she degrades. So now I'm 53 with a 12-year-old, and there's another puberty to go through in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good time. <laughs> I tell you. It's coming. It's coming. I can just tell. <laughs> Oh my God. I, when I just think back about like that time in my life and I just, oh, I, I got a <laughs> parent who deals with a kid, whether they're boys or girls, but I think maybe especially girls, um, dealing with puberty and all of that. Oh, 
And it's so different now because, I mean, this is kind of what you and I were talking about before we started recording, which is, you know, a lot of what we're chatting about today is hormones. And Mm -hmm. for you're the, you're the expert who can speak to this more, but I think about, you know, when I was growing up, so I'm 51, I just turned 51. And when I was growing up, you know, I didn't get my period until I was in ninth grade. And Mm -hmm. now girls are getting their periods when they're like 12 Mm -hmm. and we are also seeing women present with hormonal imbalance at younger and younger ages. Like it's Mm -hmm. not, that's what I, I was for everybody listening. We were chatting before the show and I was just telling her about this audience. And I said, we are, we have so many more women writing in um, about hormonal imbalance and like, how do I solve all of these issues? And I'm in early menopause and it's not just women that are 40 plus it's women in their twenties and thirties. So, so much has changed. And I know that a lot of that has to do with and, and you're going to educate us on that, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with diet and lifestyle, um, pills that we're taking, antibiotics, birth control pills, all kinds of stuff. But it really is happening on a much more widespread basis, the way our hormones are changing. Is that a fair assessment? That is absolutely a fair assessment. And the answer is not the birth control pills. Oh, really? It is not the answer. Let me tell you, birth control pills to regulate, I mean, birth controls for um you know, fertility control, right? But it is not, it should not be used for controlling menstruation, for treating acne, for treating the symptoms of hormone imbalance, because it creates more hormone imbalance later on. It's true. Mm-hmm. And the birth control pill is is a high, high dose, right? Like almost pregnancy level doses of hormones and a synthetic progestin, all of which can affect our body's nutrient absorption as well as depletes our body of certain key nutrients, including B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, and that leads to further hormone disruption. And often women are put on birth control pills to manage their menopausal symptoms, their perimenopausal symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not good for that either. When we look at symptom care versus as from a functional medicine approach, as I trained in functional medicine, integrative medicine, and regenerative medicine, so I'm triple board certified. But it is um, when we look at the underlying reason for the symptoms and we address those underlying reasons, then all these hormone symptoms go away. And that's what's so amazing. Our body has such a tremendous ability to heal itself. And and I think, you know, and the keto green approach is essential. My book coming out, Keto Green 16, a very quick 16-day plan to, to get us in that right direction, like as a next right step. And absolutely right. It takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. And so when we address these, the underlying reasons, that makes all the difference. One thing I always like to say is that, you know, here I am trained at one of the best institutions in the country in gynecology and obstetrics. And I know the hormone pathways like the back of my hand, right? And I have spent years studying estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, just name it, right? But sad to say, the major hormones are not these. We have to manage insulin and cortisol and and empower master our most powerful hormone in our body, oxytocin. These three hormones rule. And when we get them in balance, all our reproductive hormones resume balance as well. And that just makes all the difference. I mean, it really does. That's the key to gaining hormone balance. It's so funny that you said that because first of all, you're 
the first guest I've interviewed who has brought that up, but it's also mirroring what, um, so I, I would say I see him. It's weird because now that I've moved from Austin to San Antonio, um, my doctor, who's an integrative medicine doctor, Dr. Um, Lane Sebring, who's also been interviewed on the show, um, he's up in Austin. And so I kind of, I feel like, you know, I still see him sometimes, but I really am looking to get somebody who's down here in San Antonio that I don't have to drive 90 minutes to go see. But the, the very last time that I got my blood work done, which was December, so I got a comprehensive blood work done. I try to get it done on a quarterly basis. Sometimes it ends up being every five months, but I'm working on getting it tighter to every three months. I have very, very low cortisol. And I remember that when we were going over my blood work, he said to me, he, and I was surprised by this because he said, the number one thing we should be focusing on is getting your cortisol um, in, in under control. And I'm like, but wait a second. And I've been obsessed with my thyroid. You know, yes. my, I have hypothyroidism. And I think really- you can probably speak to this better. I'm curious what you think, but so many women, when it comes to, if, if you have had any shift in your body and suddenly you either can't lose weight or you've gained a little weight and can't lose it, and you know you're hypothyroid, you're like, that's, that's my problem. Because we've been trained to think that, or we've been conditioned to think based on what's in the media, um, based on what we see fitness people talking about, that hypothyroidism makes you gain weight. And so we obsess about thyroid and we don't, obsess, if you will, about the right things. Why do you think that is? And and why is cortisol at, out of those three so important? Well, I, you know, there's so much here to say because always we want to blame our thyroid, whether it's hair loss or weight gain. And again, what is causing the thyroid dysfunction? We have to think of that to begin with. It could be cortisol. Could be that high stress. It could be toxins, mold toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, getting to the underlying reason why we're having the problem versus just treating the problem. And I always say, as as you mentioned, you know, it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones because if that wasn't the case, everyone on thyroid meds would be thin. But we know that's mm-hmm. not the case. That's not the fix. So getting to these underlying situations and the other, you know, thing, just talking about how our hormones are shifting just naturally as we age. In Keto Green 16, they talk about 13 key hormones, but this is what we experience. And this is what I experience. This is what many of my patients would come up to me, you know, for their annual appointment and say, Dr. Anna, I'm gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds and I'm not doing anything different. Well, as a young doctor, I'd be like, Really? <laughs> sure, you're not, right? Like, that's not possible. Well, when I hit 48 and I was entering what I call my second menopause, I gained basically with a blink of an eye 20 pounds overnight. Now, I've been well over 240 pounds, kept 80 pounds off for near decades. So and when that weight started creeping up again and I wasn't legitimately, I was not doing anything different, mm. I was freaking out because when was that weight going to stop when I'm 300 pounds? Mm. And so that led me into the keto approach and then discovering, well, there's got to be more to it because it doesn't feel good and it's not really working. And here's the, that's why I developed the keto green approach, the alkaline, figuring out the alkaline factors to really help us manage not just, you know, our nutritional content and hormone balance, but our cortisol. When we are under stress, when we're, our body's having to pump out cortisol and it's having to do it for a long time. Well, whenever it's pumping out cortisol, we become very acidic. Our urine pH becomes acidic. I'm not talking blood pH but our urine pH becomes acidic. But 
what happens over the long time, and this is what maybe that you, you're experiencing right now with the low cortisol, is that you've been under stress for a certain amount of time for whatever mm-hmm. condition, or we've had adverse childhood experiences and we enter this perimenopause time where our progesterone is declining steeply, which is the precursor to cortisol. We need progesterone to make cortisol. So, but what happens when we're under stress for a long time, perceived or real, our body's pumping out a bunch of cortisol. Well, it's going to fry out our nervous system. So I believe our brain says, okay, shut down, stop it. You're frying me out. And it suppresses us. It suppresses the cortisol production. The paraventricular nucleus in the brain sends signals to the adrenals and, and suppresses cortisol function. And when that happens, oxytocin is suppressed at the same time. So when we have, often when we have low cortisol and we're struggling like that, we also have low oxytocin. And this is what I call a very dangerous situation. And I talk about this in my book from my own personal experience, as well as from many, many patients, is that we feel, we don't feel love. We don't feel connected. We have less desire to do the things that used to bring us pleasure and joy. And and from my patients, you know, I love my, they would say, I love my husband. I don't feel love for him. I know I love him intellectually or my wife, and I just don't feel love. And, mm-hmm. or I used to love going to work, but the paperwork, the stress, the, you know, insurance companies are just killing me. Now I dread leaving the house to go to work. I used to love it. And you start to hear these things. I don't feel like that's burnout, right? That's the situation where we have low cortisol and low oxytocin at the same time. And that's where, you know, Really, we have to reset our body, reset our circadian rhythm, get cortisol back working into its natural flow so that it's working for us and not against us. Now, I'm going to ask you, I'm just not one of those people who, if I don't understand something, I'm not going to act like I do. Um, So I'm going to ask you something that could end up being really silly, but there's no such thing. Exactly. (laughs) Is oxytocin, so I hear that and I'm thinking of like these oxy, is it oxycodone and all of these drugs that I've, is that completely, I mean, like I know, for example, one of the things that my doctor has prescribed for me and I don't take it is when my cortisone was low, he prescribed, um, is it hydrocodone? Is it Hydrocodone. Mm-hmm. And I remember he said, he's like, be careful with that or really watch your carbs because you could gain weight. So of course me, I'm like, well, I'm not taking it. And then I did some research and I, I did some research. Now you might laugh at this and say, oh, that's a waste of time. But I started taking licorice root because when I looked up what low, what low cortisol was, it was like that. And he had said to me, he's like, your cortisol is so low. I truly don't know how you have energy to get through the day. But I haven't really had a problem with energy and I'm not drinking like soda all day long or coffee all day long, but I would notice a dip in the afternoon. And so I really didn't want to take that drug for, um, because I was worried about gaining weight, to be honest with you. Um, and so when I think that, okay, my cortisol is low and there's this drug called hydro, what is it? How do you say it again? Probably you were given a cortisol prescription. Yeah. Given a prescription for cortisol. So with oxytocin, 
Is there a drug called oxytocin or am I thinking of oxycodone or something? No, you're, you're, I'm so glad you brought it up because I, I one time gave a whole lecture and someone thought I was talking about oxycodone and it is, is true because you hear about oxycodone all the time, but oxytocin Mm -hmm. is the, is the hormone of love bonding and connection. This is the hormone that our body produces naturally in times of pleasure, orgasm, play, in childbirth. And in fact, many people get exogenous, you know, uh, oxytocin, so medicated oxytocin in the form of pitocin. Anyone who's had a baby and their labor wasn't going strong, we as obstetricians would inject pitocin into the IV and that helps stimulate the contractions. It's also the hormone that when you're through labor and delivery, and you're holding this child that just cost you caused you hours and hours of pain, you totally forget that pain because it is a natural analgesic. You forget that pain and feel this love and bonding and connection like words just cannot express, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you forgive that child for all that pain. <laughs> <laughs> At least temporarily. Bring it up and go, do you know how many hours? (laughs) Exactly. Until they're teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and so, yeah, you can be given when your cortisol is so low, like your flatline cortisol, we get stage four adrenal fatigue in in some instances or adrenal hypofunction because the, the adrenals don't just give out. They don't like they're, they don't just shrivel up and die. I think that's a, a, um, misrepresentation of the words adrenal fatigue. So adrenal hypofunction, they're actually suppressed from producing cortisol because it's frying out the nervous system. And that was a big shift for me in in thinking about adrenal fatigue or adrenal hypofunction, understanding that, okay, just like my ovaries revived from infertile and non-responsive to normal functioning again, our adrenals can do the same thing. And so what we're doing as physicians when we're giving you these uh, these small little spurts of, of cortisol basically throughout the day little to supplement your cortisol, um, we are trying to mimic. So typically we'll do it two, three, or four times during the day depending. But we're trying to mimic your body's natural secretion, give your give your body the cortisol it needs. What we really need to do, and this is what I've learned um, from my work, is we got we to gotta reset your adrenals. And so in resetting the adrenals, we have to reduce the perceived stress and, and trauma and supplement from above, supplement with progesterone and pregnenolone, a product that I created that was part of my journey. Like I mentioned, I tried traveled around the, I didn't mention, I traveled around the world as part of my healing journey. When I was 39 and and diagnosed with infertility, I I closed my practice for a year and I just, you know, it was my healing journey. I just needed to Mm. find answer because I couldn't believe my doctor's bag was empty. And as a result, I ended up learning some of the world's most amazing healing foods and talking with some amazing indigenous healers from Native American shaman to ancient Andean philosopher and an Indonesian healer and some of the world's leading scientists, just really not, not planned out serendipitously meeting and connecting with these amazing people. But in Peru, I learned of the, the root maca, which is a great adrenal adaptogen. So I, when I was there and, and I told clients, I'm, you know, I told people that I was staying with that I'm infertile. They're like, well, drink maca. It helps with fertility. And then they elbowed my husband and said, you know, it's the Peruvian Viagra. And so, 
<laughs> and so like, yeah, you got to love that, right? So of course we're drinking maca, right? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Let's, let's drink it. But I couldn't stand the taste, number one. So I had to look at the science behind it. And I also started incorporating other healing foods that I learned about from the indigenous people and ancient wisdom and combining it to make what's now my third, over 30 food, uh, 30 superfood combo called Mighty Maca Plus. And, but what I, um, what I really looked at was the science behind maca itself and looking at that it is rich in arginine. So maca is an adaptogenic. I believe it affects the adrenals, whether it's too high, too low, but also has probably some genetic adaptability as well so that it's turned your certain genes on and certain genes on off just like turmeric does and Quercetin and resveratrol, these other really amazing superfoods, all of which are also I've included in Mighty Maca Plus. But what arginine does, it increases nitric oxide synthetase, which is increases our blood flow. So hence, that's how Viagra works. Viagra was actually, this is so cool. I love the history of medication. Viagra was actually a heart medicine. And the side effect that all these you know, <laughs> Sorry, clients, funny. isn't that funny? <laughs> the side effect with the erections. So the the company that was studying, it's like forget about using it as a heart med, and that's how Viagra became about. It was they in the studies, it was the side effect of the heart, you know, the er- erections that. <laughs> I'm just thinking about when you first said that, because I did not know. And I'm just thinking about like all of these men laying on operating tables with boners. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Not hysterical. So funny. And the people getting ready to operate going, what's going on here? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So funny. I love it. I love it too. That's how so many different, I mean, when I think about it, you know, I have completely irrelevant, but um, slightly relevant when it comes to, you know, how they've discovered certain medications work for this because it was, it was a serendipitous discovery. But, you know, I was dealing with um, since probably about a year ago, um, the better part of seven, eight months, chronic headaches and migraines all the time. And it got worse and progressively worse all last year. I couldn't work. I couldn't work out. It was awful. And when I finally saw a neurologist, um, one of the medications that I'm on is a, which I'm not, I, I, I'm just saying what I've been told it is, it's a beta blocker, Natalol. Um, and all of these, when my neurologist was explaining the medications they use for migraines at various stages, all of them were accidental. She's like, well, when they turned out, you know, this blood pressure medication <laughs> prevents migraines and this prevents migraines and this antipsychotic produce, you know, and I'm like, you know what? But I, I really don't care because for me being on 40 milligrams of Natalol, even though sometimes I get lightheaded, um, I have had, I'm now on my 10th week of having no migraines and that to Mm -hmm. me is getting my life back. Um, so I, I think it's, it's cool, but it's so fascinating how they discover like, you know, that Viagra was for heart and it ends up being one of the most, the best selling thing for sex lives, right? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Isn't that funny? But I always say, you know, well, what happens to the woman when here he comes home with his Viagra and she's suffering with vaginal dryness? I created a solution for that because, again, I was 39 with early menopause. So I created a product called Jolva that has DHEA, which supports the adrenals, which is really important, but also other ingredients like plant stem cells from the alpine rose, emu oil, coconut oil that really help 
applied topically, you don't even have to insert it into the vagina, but applied topically restores and, and helps so much. I mean, there's over a thousand testimonials on my website. It's just a product that makes a difference and that helps because I always hate when a male is treated with yeah. Viagra and like what happens to the woman. So uh, we fix that for myself and for others. And um, But back to Maca, why I brought that up and Mighty Maca Plus is because what we see, we see an improvement in DHEA in studies of over 70% in two months. Over 70% in two months. Like there's no adrenal protocol that I ever used or prescribed that helped me that much. And so that was, that, I mean, it's fascinating. So the combination of ingredients really makes a difference. I could never tolerate the taste of maca alone. So that's why I mixed every, I started mixing everything with it. Because I do believe that when you're drinking something as a, as a medicinal food, that you have to, you know, like you, you can't have an aversion reaction every time you do, you know, you can't be like, oh, gross, I can't do this. So it really yeah, tastes good You wouldn't good end too. up doing it. I'm going to send you some. So I'll send you some to try. But you read with my your, mind. Yes. With your headaches, though, when my clients with migraines, a couple things, you always the modified elimination diet. Let's look to see if there's any triggers, but then supplementing so that you're in optimal doses of magnesium, which also helps us get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. And also um, B2, supplement B2. And typically taking that a B2 supplement every day, but when it the first inklings of any headache or migraine, and most clients won't ever or very rarely get another migraine once they start the elimination diet and doing the B2 supplement with magnesium. Mm-hmm. B2, you can go up to 100 milligrams every two to four hours if needed. So that's another good natural thing to add to your regimen for migraine prevention for sure. So vitamin B2, and typically it's like 20 milligrams a day. So a higher dose. It's funny that you but, brought that up because the, both of those things uh, are what she told me uh, as far as OTC. She's like, make sure you're having 500 milligrams of magnesium. And, and just like you said, the B2. Um, now I will say this. So as much as the, and this show won't be about my headaches, but you know, <laughs> maybe we can talk offline about it. But I, a lot of when we pulled our audience just for the record, and maybe this will be a different show um, where we have you back, but you know, over 82% of our audience deals with regular headaches and over 43% deal with regular migraines. And I did a whole show and I did a whole blog post sharing what my experience is. So as much as like the migraines have been eradicated, knock on wood, Mm-hmm. But I will say I do still, and it's been, and maybe what I just need to do is what you said, which is take more B2 because I am taking B2 and magnesium. I increase my magnesium. We, we do the calm drink every night at oh perfect at 500 milligrams, but um, I still get headaches on, on the regular. And even though I've taken one of those um, by Oxford technologies, the leap um, leap test or MRT test um, where it, it, it told me what food react, reactivity situations I have. And I had to cut out a lot of foods I was eating, but I'm still getting headaches on a regular basis. They're not debilitating like they used to be where I can't work. Um, but maybe what I just need to do is, is when I get one, take B2. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Yep. Fascinating. And it may be on a regular basis, increasing your, um, increasing your B2 a little bit above what you're doing right now and see if that helps. The other thing too, magnesium, I love calm. I do love calm, but also magnesium L3 and 8 crosses the blood brain barrier. 
So I've switched to that, and that's in my better brain and sleep formula. But magnesium L3 okay. and 8 crosses the blood-brain barrier as opposed to like magnesium citrate or magnesium glycinate. So we get better results, especially with headaches and, and for sleep. I use it for sleep. So that's another good one. Um, I will definitely follow to take up with to you look on at. That. Yeah, yeah, we'll for sure do it. Well, you know, you mentioned this is a good segue because, you know, when I'm looking at, um, okay, so I'm going to read a little bit of a quote from, because I'm looking at the description of your book on Amazon. And, you know, when you mentioned, um, well, I want to ask you one question first, and then we'll start talking about, uh, shoot, it's already, we have like five minutes left. Oh man, Um, this time has blown by. (laughs) If you'll let me stalk you, we have to have you back on the show. But you know what? Rather than ask, because that was a horm- a general hormone question, and we'll, we'll want to talk about your book. Let's talk about your book first, because it's going to be coming out soon. Um, and so you, you did start referencing food, you know, and being alkaline. And I certainly have seen a remarkable difference. I won't go into the details because I've done a, a podcast on it before. But when I took that that blood work, when I got that blood work done and it told me what foods were highly reactive for me, when I removed those foods, it was amazing. This skin condition that I had had, I mean, a really bad skin condition, horrible rock hard bumps all over my neck were gone when I took the inflammatory foods out. So when you say that, you know, going keto and and focusing on, you know, restoring alkalinity, if I'm saying that correctly in your body Mm -hmm. can be Mm -hmm. so healing how did you how did you figure that out? I mean, because I certainly believe I've seen it myself. Food can be medicine or even yes. the removal of food. So how yes. did this whole like keto green thing come about? Well, and this is, you know, back to that time when I'm 48 and I was just gaining weight without doing anything different. And so I completely restricted carbs in my diet. Now, and now at this point, I've been practicing functional medicine and integrative medicine in my practice for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, whoa, what's, you know, I, I restricted all my carbs because I didn't want to gain a single pound and went very strict keto. But what I felt that keto crazy, right? That irritability and like, mm-mm, that's not working for family harmony. And so, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I had to understand why. Why was it making me not, you know, what was it that was making me so irritable? And I started checking my urine pH. And let me tell you, Kelly, and everyone listening, urine pH testing, urine testing, but definitely pH testing is another vital sign. It really, really is just as important as our blood pressure, as our pulse, as our weight. Our urine pH testing tells us so much about how we are treating ourselves and interacting with our environment. And that's crucial, especially now in times of pandemic stress. So in in what happens is when we are you know, essentially not getting the alkalinizers from our diet and we're restricting carbs so much to get into ketosis, this fat burning state, which is, I would say, mandatory for us in perimenopause and postmenopause. So us over 40, for sure, and anyone who's symptomatic, um, we have to completely reduce sugar, absolutely, all kinds of sugar. But what was happening is I started checking my urine pH. I was as acidic as a pH paper would read. So who knows even how acidic I was. And for me, that was a light bulb moment, an aha moment. I felt like, oh, no wonder I'm feeling irritable and I'm inflamed and I'm irritable. No wonder for me. That was just a big eye-opening moment. So I started doing the low-carb 
greens. I have Portuguese background and Mediterranean background. So I was making kale soup and tabbouleh without the quinoa or the uh, grains and just a lot of alkalinizers, parsley, kale, beet greens, not the beets, beet greens, uh, collards, we're in the South, and Swiss chard. So all of these dark leafy greens and how important that was to help me get alkaline. But what I noticed, this was an another aha moment, those mornings I walked on the beach or I did my meditation and gratitude journaling before I got the kids up for school, I was more alkaline all day. And I had this, I had greater peace. And as I switched to be both alkaline and in ketosis, not only did I just have such mental clarity, and I like to call it energized enlightenment, I had this energy and I had clarity in my brain, I felt like a higher spiritual connection. But, and, and the brain fog had completely dissipated. But I also, I also have this peace within me, this strong peace, peace that surpasses all understanding kind of peace. And and nothing in my external circumstances had changed. I still at that point was a single mom, the sole wage earner for the family and solely responsible for my kids and, you know, everything else that went on with that. So it was nothing in my external circumstances changed, but I felt so much better and so much more energized. So I feel like urine pH, especially right now, it's not just about what we eat, but we need to increase those alkalinizers in the diet, avoiding sugar, especially in times of stress, because we want to keep our immune system strong and create as much insulin sensitivity as we can as well as get to our optimum weight or a happy weight, whatever that is for us, mm-hmm. and and um, and get that those out manage cortisol by getting the alkaline lifestyle habits in check. So anything we do to increase oxytocin, like that walk on the beach, like getting out in nature, having a great evening with friends, and laughing, increases oxytocin orgasm pleasure, things that bring you pleasure, increase oxytocin. Funny movies, which we should be watching in abundance right now, mm-hmm. increases oxytocin. That manages cortisol. When you do these things, you empower your physiology. And once you start testing, you may realize, as I did, how much stress I was letting get to me. And when you have that perceived control over stress and do lifestyle hacks, essentially, to manage that, And you're testing because you can see in your urine, because when we're stressed, that cortisol creates that acidic urine. So when we're checking, then we can really discern the activities that make a difference in our life, the activities and the food. And and so that's how I created this keto green. And then I just started using it with my eight most difficult clients, (laughs) my (laughs) menopausal friends. And then from there um, to my online communities and now over thousands of women, just the discovery process of finding out what works for us and what doesn't work for us as we heal our physiology, no matter what our age is, is just that's that empowerment that it takes to, you know, take the next right steps as we blossom into this, whatever next phase of life for me, the postmenopausal phase. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that to be a source of wisdom and inspiration for other people. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest with you before we, before we started this interview, you know, I have, I, and I have several friends who are like lifelong, um, keto lifestyle, if you will. Mm -hmm. And for them, it was less that they went keto because they wanted to lose weight for them. Usually actually the people that I know who are keto lifestylers are people who they did it for autoimmune reasons. Mm -hmm. And for me, 
I have had, I'll be honest with you, like a bad attitude about the keto diet, and I'm using air quotes, only because I see so many people who have never paid attention to their health, never paid mm-hmm. attention to fitness. And though it, it reminds me of Atkins back in the day, mm-hmm. where you'll, you'll hear people go, oh, I just went to the doctor. I'm 75 pounds overweight. I think I'm going to go keto and buy a Peloton. And I'm like, oh my God, like, do you even know what keto is? Like, mm-hmm. and, and if you go from, you know, your typical guy who's eating pizza and burgers and drinking beer every night to going keto, there, you know, I just see it as like, and I've had a bad attitude about it because mm-hmm. I thought people are just promoting this as a way to lose weight fast. And I, I don't like people not taking care of their health and not looking, you know, into things for the long term. But you have made me really look at this differently because I have seen with this whole blood test experience and getting cutting these foods out and seeing what a huge difference that made. And I will tell you, like when I had something that had, I forget what it was. um, I think we ordered some takeout food and I asked for a gluten-free bun and they were out. So I remember saying to myself, because one of the things that they said that I had to take out was yeast and wheat Mm -hmm. and flax. And anyway, I had this bun with this burger and let me tell you, broke out in hard bumps all over my neck immediately. Mm. And so seeing how the removal of certain inflammatory foods, I am now looking at things differently. And this has been really informative because I I see it. Food is medicine. I see the removal of food can be medicine. So Mm -hmm. you've really helped me have a different perspective on this. And I'm excited to learn more. Um, We have completely gone over our time. And I told told you that I'd stop it at your stop time. So I want to make sure I do that. Um, I will chase you down and see if we can coordinate to get you back on the show to talk more about your book and then maybe have you back on to talk more about hormones because you obviously have dedicated your life to this. You have mm-hmm. so many products and services on your website. And that said, number one, tell us about the book, when it's going to be released. And then number two, where can people find you online? Because you reference quite a lot of great products that I want to look into. I want to, you know, get your first book and everybody else is going to want to, you know, sign up for everything that you have to offer. So where can they find that? No, thank you. I have enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to having more because, you know, it's a conversation. You know, this is great. I enjoy this. um, So my book coming out, my new book coming out is Keto Green 16. And it is available everywhere books are sold. And it is... releasing May 5th. So it's out May 5th, but there's pre-order bonuses that you get by putting in your receipt number at our website. Um, You'll see the order page at dranna.com. So really easy, like drana, (laughs) D-R-A-N-N-A.com. That's cool. (laughs) It's really easy. And then I'm on Instagram at Dr. Anna Kabeca and on Facebook, we have a great Keto Green community. So I hope to see you all in there. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to coming back. Oh, this was awesome. And I can't wait. You have really, like I said, I I just had such a head tilt moment and I'm like, I have to look this stuff up, especially when you talked about resetting circadian rhythms and adrenal. I mean, this is all stuff I've been dealing with. Um, And so many people in our audience are dealing with it too. So we'd love to have you back. Thank you so much for being on the show, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you have questions um, uh, for Dr. Anna, we of course encourage you to connect with her directly, buy her books, buy all of her products. She clearly knows what she's talking about. 
about, I'm going to be an obsessed stalking fan forever. Um, if you have questions for us and for anything you want to see uh, Dr. Anna and I cover when she's back on the show, please don't hesitate. Just go over to kellyalexa.com and use the contact me form and you can use that form as well. Um, if you'd like to nominate somebody that we interview on the show, or if you'd like to inquire about advertising opportunities. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Dr. Anna, again, for being on the show. We'll see you guys next time on the Kelly O show. Hey everybody, you've reached the end of this interview with Dr. Anna Kabeca. I hope you enjoyed it. I believe that you're probably feeling the way I did, which is, wow, we have to have her back on the show. She is so tremendously intelligent on these uh, topics, isn't she? I, I mean, I left this episode. I couldn't stop talking about it all weekend with my man. He's probably like, okay, I get it. Dr. Anna's amazing. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it and we will be having her back on the show. So like I said in the beginning of this uh, in, in my intro, if you have particular questions you would like to see us address when we have her back on the show, um, make sure you let me know. Just go over to kellyalexa.com, hit me up on the contact me form. Let me know what questions you would like to see us cover on the next episode. We'll have her back as soon as we possibly can. In the meantime, of course, everything we mentioned here um, will be linked up in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. And I encourage you to get her first book as well as her second book, Keto Green. 16 when it is out, which is going to be right around the corner. So I hope you're enjoying this show. If you are, please share it with your other friends. If you haven't had a chance to leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, we would so appreciate that. As you guys know, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you hear every host or hostess asking for that. And that's because uh, reviews definitely get the show be seen and heard by more people who can benefit from the information. So thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time on The Kelly O Show.